Hello and welcome to Talk Tales, a bartender advice podcast that is cheaper than therapy. We're your hosts. I'm Shanna. And I'm Adele from my empty apartment. Can you hear that echo? Echo. 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 You can hear into the beer, though. Echo. Adele's drinking a beer in an empty apartment. (laughs) I have tears in my beers because I'm crying for you. For years, you know that is it. Wait, why did they say tears in my beers when I was crying for years? They messed up a lyric. Would have been better. Dang, tears for beers when I'm crying for you. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's terrible. Come on, you had one more rhyme in there. (laughs) Coulda, shoulda, (laughs) woulda. Oh my gosh. Yes, I'm sitting here in my empty apartment. So I apologize for the weird audio listeners. Um, but yeah, I'm all moved out. I came here to basically clean my apartment. Well, actually, I had somebody else clean it for me because I'm a lazy piece of shit. But uh, yep, I am giving my keys away today. And that's Ooh. that's that's the end of my LA story. France. Dude, dude. I know. I know. I mean, not like the end, end, you know, but you know what I mean? For dramatic it, purposes. It is. It's the end. This is the end. This is the end. The end. My friend. The end. The end. <laughs> that was good harmonizing. I know. You and I are perfect harmony. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless if we're in the same city or not. Um, yeah, so that is, that's really sad. Uh, I feel like I do want to cry a little bit. Uh, I'm fine. I'm- we, we did already. Remember? No. <laughs> On Friday, we were shaking, we were shaking tents together. We were shaking. We were <laughs> hugging. We had a last hurrah. Because the last hurrah. We tried to do a, we tried to do pody sweat, but we couldn't remember how. We could, yeah. <laughs> a lot of soju. It was a, it was sad, but I'm just really happy. I'm really thankful that I got to meet you. In the oh, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, no, no, I'm no, only no, going no. two hours away. It's really I know, I know. We're we're being a little dramatic, but we but, super dramatic. No, but dramatic. it is. It's a big thing. It's like it's it's a crazy thing, especially I, you know, especially with the bar world, because you do meet some of your best friends and your best pals, and like like what we all end up considering family, like in, we call the bar fam, bar fam, bar fam, you know? Uh, and you know, we, we are all end up, you know, we're, we're around each other all the time and we know each other's, I mean, we see the worst and best and we cry, we laugh, we hug, we scream and walk-ins. We do, we do everything together. And so it's like when, when one of our bar fam moves to a different, uh, cousin's cousin city, <laughs> that it's kind of like it's it's a bummer because you don't get to see him anymore. So yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's it's. I said my last goodbye to Black Cat, which is a bar that I've been at for six years. And although I've taken different jobs in the you know within those years, I've always like made sure that we're always on this not on the schedule like every time, but like that I was always available to continue to work there if it meant to pick up a shift or whatever, only because I really loved that. That was like my bar fam. So I had my last shift on Saturday. I didn't tell anybody because I, I wanted to not cry, but it didn't fucking matter because I still fucking cry my fucking eyes out. Like I couldn't even open my eyes. I was so swollen from crying. I'm just, you know, it's like a end of an era for me. But um 
I like that now. Yeah. You, now you're like I worked at Black Cat. This for the last four years on this podcast, <laughs> we've been saying back fat. We've been saying like all these different the white, the white dog. Yeah, we just said like all these like different things to be like, oh, no one know, should know where Adele works in case she has to tell a story. But now it's like, no. oh, it's yep, open. It's know. out there. It's the black the cat, cat is out of the bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that being said, friends, family, uh, San Diego people, specifically people in San Diego, would you please be my friend? I have no <laughs> friends in San Diego. I have one friend, Caesar. Shout out. He's the best. But other than that, I don't really have friends. So please hit me up. Dude, Come hang out. You're going to, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You, I, yeah, you're going to be, you're a shoe in. I'm excited for a new bar scene though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's great. It's good to gain new scenery. It's good meeting more people. And I mean, no matter what, you're always going to have your fam here and we're always going to be here for you and do do whatever we can for you because that's how this thing works, you know? Uh, and the coolest part is, you know, we get to come visit. Yes. <laughs> and you have somewhere to stay here. And so it's like it's spreading the the, you know, the housing situation for all of us. Yes. Vacation we, home. We, or we definitely all need like places to stay because we can't afford to travel. Yeah, we're poor. <laughs> we're bartenders. We're not rich. <laughs> we're unemployed, the majority of yeah. us. Yes. Speaking of unemployed, uh, this whole COVID thing is starting to look up and up. I mean, I I can't say for sure, for sure, but I'm 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 a full vaxxer. I'm a full vaxxer. You're a full vaxxer. I am too. I had the single dose vaccine, so I've been licking toilet seats since yeah. last month. Yeah, I, 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 I witnessed it. I was like, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. You know what has been touching there. No. Uh, so yeah, like I got fucking annihilated from my second vaccine. So, but it was a nice rest day. Whenever I'm sick, I'm like, oh, sweet rest day. <laughs> there you go. It's rest day, right? Yeah. So, rest day. Yeah, it was. But yeah, I, every, you know, it's all good. I think we're going to be coming out of this. No problems. And we're going to be back at it. And then, then we're going to be licking all the bar tops and drinking out of beer beer yep. uh taps <laughs> yep 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 i mean it's cool it only took fucking 14 months yeah we are we're crazy I humans know. are crazy humans are crazy man <laughs> fucking crazy but you know who else is crazy you know who guest. else is great a crazy human man our guest yeah well, he at the very least makes really crazy drinks so that's exciting yeah uh, you probably know him because he's basically like an Instagram celebrity. He is like a Bardashian. Well, if you if, <laughs> a Bardashian, yeah, okay, Bardashian. yeah, Bardashian. Um, well, if you were to like compare him to like a uh, a a, a, celeb- a dead celebrity, who would it be? <laughs> a dead celebrity. Oh shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know okay. that's a hard one. I'm sorry. I don't know. Okay, I pulled right. that one out of my ass. I will say. I will say that he has a gray mustache. Oh. Okay, hold on. So that Theory? like this is like what's that game when you're a kid when you're flipping down the different things where oh, you gu- guess who? Guess who? This is like guess who. Okay. Yeah. So now we the gotta eliminate mustache. anyone who ever this person has a mustache. We we know no, that. that's not just about it's a great mustache. Oh, great mustache. So we so, know that. So it eliminates most of our friends <gasps> with mustaches. Okay, I already know who the celebrity's gonna be. I don't know if Ooh. he's dead though. Uh Tom Selleck. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um he is very he uh he's very good at like performing. Like he has such like like um 
magnetism about him. He's like magical and like. Okay, I just good. got another celebrity. It's uh, okay. Freddie Mercury. Yes. Yay! Oh man, that was more successful than I anticipated. <laughs> There you go. We got this. Nailed it. So so I'm sorry to let everyone down. We don't have Freddie Mercury, that dead celebrity. Because he's dead. He died. But we have Uh, the equivalent of the the live version of cocktails, both visually and um, uh, audibly. No, no, no. What do you call when you um, when you eat it? Edibly. (laughs) yes visually and edibly (laughs) okay this might be this this might have chalked up to either our best or maybe worst introduction i can't decide yet (laughs) it's always a it's always a (laughs) take your pick Um, it's taylor lax it's taylor lax aka the cocktail bandit yay Welcome, Taylor. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having me. I'm so sorry for the people who thought it was Freddie Mercury. (laughs) Could you imagine? Like everyone listening, Saul. I have like really high pedestal. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of like the the like a super a superhuman. He's he's supra he's superhuman. He's I mean he wasn't. That's why he left us too early. He was we, we don't deserve him. He was too much. Oh. Two All right, everyone. All one right, for, one for, for Freddie. Yeah, for Freddie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those that thought we, Freddie Mercury was really going to be on this podcast, like you guys should. Uh, I don't know. Take another shot. <laughs> take another shot for him. <laughs> but Taylor, thank you so much for being here with us. We're very excited. Yeah, have a real life virtual celebrity virtually. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked. Um, I recently met you guys. Like. Through not like well, actually I met Adele officially That's true. for like a little bit. I haven't met Shauna yet. Like we like in social media. We've yeah, met, so. yeah, we've like crossed we've boundaries. Counts, right? We've we've <laughs> crossed uh, streams. We've crossed our streams before. Uh, like for instance, I made your cocktail for Liquor Forty Three. Yeah, that Ooh, was fun. Right. That was super that was a fun. Good cocktail. Yeah, that was a good cocktail. I, I actually have been following you for a hot minute because I from Bacardi Legacy, and I was just like, oh, how cool. And I was like, oh, these are all like people and i was like taylor lax i don't really i've never met him but it's i've been following your your journey for a hot second and i love all the content that you've been putting out uh through the quarantine too i did you recently did this really fun poll where you asked people what their favorite childhood candy was right and then you did like a what was it a, a like a cocktail for the the top contenders or whatever that seemed like really yeah. fun Ooh, well, wait, wait, wait. i want to know what it was I, I missed that so i did like um cocktails based off like your favorite childhood like snacks mm. or treats so i did things like where i took like so there's a lot of people who said capri sun so i took capri sun and like made like a capri sun syrup and used mixed it with um like a bitter aperitif oh cool so it was kind of like a capri sun spritz going on Ooh. with there and then i did like some other things where i took like hot tamales and like you know hot tamales pretty much just remind me of like fireball without the whiskey mm-hmm. <laughs> so i just infused them into some whiskey and like made some homemade fireball how did it turn out it actually came out pretty good. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know, right now, I'm just trying to give some people, like, something to look forward to. I think a lot of people are kind of stuck at home in kind of slumps. So I wanted to do that as, like, an interaction for people who follow me to have a voice and kind of just, like, be able to create content that they wanted to see and maybe, like, learn something. And not to mention, like, the creative, like, element of exploring things like that. I think it 
engages people in another way where it's like, you know, seeing visual cocktails on Instagram and stuff. When you're in that cocktail world, you, you scrolling through, it's like cocktail, cocktail, cocktail. But then you're like, wait, what, what? You start having to think about these things. Like what was my favorite childhood treat? What, what was that thing that we're like, I identified with and like loved and still have like a, a, a fond memory of, you know, like Capri Sun. Absolutely. That's, I actually never liked Capri Sun, but I always drank them <laughs> because you, they're kind of cool. And I would always stab the straw through the bottom of the Capri Sun rather than through Why? the whole because I'm gangster. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> There's a hole specifically for the straw. I'm not going to use it. Fuck yeah, it. Okay. But that straw hole always, like if you didn't gauge it right, sometimes it would go straight through the back too. And then you'd have a busted Capri Sun. Or you're trying to murder your Capri Sun. You like <laughs> gently put it in. Somebody's got to be with me here on this. Somebody's got to be with me here. So we would flip them upside down and drink them upside down. Just, oh. just, just consider cool us kids. the cool. Yeah, just consider us the cool kids that wore a backpack on one shoulder. Okay. <laughs> you also did the um, the oatmeal cookies. Remember? You remember those? Shana? The there's like two oatmeal cookies that like a oatmeal cookie sandwich, and it has like, the cream filling. I like those. Those are good. They're kind of like you made pies. a cocktail out of that too. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Well, that was Mike from the Liquor Forty Three asked me to make it. He like specifically texted me. These were my favorite little Debbie's. That's what they're called. And I've actually never had them before. So I like tried them. I was like, oh, these are like oatmeal. They're pretty good. Right. So I was like, honestly, make like a boozy milkshake with it. Like can't go wrong with it. Did you blend it? Yeah, I blended them actually into cream. So it wasn't like a full like, I blended them into like a cream and then like blended it to make like a slushy rather than like actual um, milkshake. So I made like a little Debbie's cream with it and it was pretty good. Hmm. Um, I'm going to use some liquor 43 in there. Hey, liquor 43. <laughs> we um, love them in this part. Yeah. They're the best. Shout out, Mike. We love you. We love you. Aaron, we love you. Bum, bum, Savannah, bum. we love you. I mean, I love that whole team. Mike, Savannah, and um, Aaron are always like really helped me out when I've been like a buyer and stuff like that. It's always been really nice to work with them. It's really enjoyable. They always hook me up with stuff and like whenever I need help or like I want to do an event, they're always down. So love that team. So and every time I'm like, you might see a lot of liquor 43 on my thing. It's because they don't pay me for it, but I like have such a good connection with that team that I do want to help totally. support the brand. Yeah, we can definitely relate to that. They've been very supportive of our podcast from like fucking day one. So whenever we can show them a little love back, we do because they are all incredible. Yeah. Um, but that talking about brands, I got a chance to try your whiskey because we did a little, a little switcheroo. Here's some of the mezcal, yeah. but then you're like, oh, try my whiskey. And it was fucking delicious. It's so tropical. And it's so like, I-, I loved it. It was really, really good. It's, I wish I had the bottle to like put it up here, but I drank it all already. So, <laughs> so well, yeah. Well, so Kin Whiskey is the whiskey that you are a part of, right? Yeah, so actually Kin is my family's brand. So it's me, my cousin, and my dad started this whiskey brand about five years ago. I came into this industry like only doing like event bartending. Um, I never was like super animate into it because I was like, you know, like I'll bartend to like events like on the weekends to make some extra cash because I was still working a nine to five job, but like wasn't making like a lot of money working nine to five. So um, my dad kind of created this brand and was like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, sure. And like, I was like, you know, it's a startup. I'm not going to make a lot of money. So I got more into bartending because I was like, you know, I'm already doing it. I'm making these connections. Might as well bartend a few days a week. So I started working a few days a week Then I started working at another place a few days a week. And the next thing you know, I was like bartending and really in the industry and like learning a lot. And like, I kind of fell in love with it. 
in the sense that I was like, I've always been into like cooking and stuff like that. My cousin's a chef and I didn't really know what my passion was. I was still kind of lost. Like I thought I was like always artistic and like doing stuff like that. But I was like, you know, like I really love bartending because I love playing with these flavors and learning about different culinary things. And like one restaurant I worked at was like Rosalina West Hollywood. And I learned so much about Peruvian cuisine, mm. especially obviously Pisco, Pisco sours all day. My biceps never looked better, but I was counteracting it with lots of shots of Mezcal. So win <laughs> lose situation, but yeah, I fell in love with bartending because I really liked mixing flavors together. So it's kind of like, how yeah. It and then that works. all like, kind of like it's paving your path to this whiskey that is now a part of your fa- your family <laughs> that your, yeah. your, your your real family like your blood family which is even cooler you know that you guys are all working like together <laughs> yeah it's super awesome. industry and regular fam all in the same business it's amazing it's like a win yeah That's that is awesome. a- i like how you mentioned that you love cooking because in my brain how i look at bartending i it's like cooking like i am yet to meet a good bartender that's not a good cook i think that like your your brain that wherever your cocktail creations come from it's the same area that like enables you to cook i think that's that's true because i've never i mean shauna's a great cook i'm not half bad adele sure is a like, great cook <laughs> you know it's just because you learn how to you know play with these flavors i'm still waiting on an octopus freaking cocktail i'm just saying <laughs> You're, you know, your, your palate gets developed to you where you get into this like spirit world. Is your dad like has always been to spirits or your family's been like really spirit nerds? Yeah. So my dad has a, his best friend actually used to bring him like moonshine. Oh, cool. From like the deep, from like from Georgia, like the deep South, like had like all the, he would bring us like the mason jars full of them. Awesome. And like he would like literally go to a guy in the woods and get that moonshine and he'd bring a bunch back for my dad um and my dad would always keep it on his shelf and i remember when i was about maybe like 12 years old my dad's like do you want to try it and i was like yeah let's try it like i was like super excited my dad was gonna let me drink he gave me like a half a shot and i took it and i literally thought i was gonna die because it was like it was like a hundred something proof alcohol and it didn't taste bad but it just burned so bad that i was like oh my God, it tastes like gasoline. Like this is what I think of gasoline, but it tastes like probably is close to gasoline. <laughs> and I would be like, if all alcohol tastes like this, I never want to drink. And my dad's like, you say this now. <laughs> and then, <laughs> the foresight. Um, but that's where our original recipe came from for our white whiskey was from that mash. Oh, cool. So the guy was actually put in jail who was making it because his um, grandson ha- went to go do a pickup. Cops pulled him over, found all this moonshine in his trunk, and said, listen, if you don't tell us who gave this to you, you're going to jail. He narked his own <gasps> grandpa out. Oh, that's fucked up. would have been like, I found it. So, so then he, his grandpa gets taken in. They said, look, you're getting pretty old. And we could either put you in jail for the rest of your life or you could just stop. Like, officially stop. And he's like, so he chose to stop. So my dad's friend went out there to go get his, so his like yearly batch of it. And the guy's like, I don't make it anymore, but I can do you one better. Here's the recipe. And he wrote the mash bill down for oh him. Oh my God. And he started, he started making it for in Venice beach in his closet. So he turned his little like coat closet into a mini distillery. This is rad. So my dad's friend decided he wanted to retire early. And he's like, here, you could have this mash bill. I know we always talked about making this a brand, but I just like want to retire, move back to the South, live my life with my kids. And like, just, be retired. I've worked so hard all my life. 
I just want to be done. So he gave my dad the recipe and my dad took that to a distillery up in Bend, Oregon. And we chose to do Bend, Oregon because we wanted really high quality products and they have really high quality water and ingredients that we can outsource. So that's how we started the white whiskey. Obviously, we're making an unaged baby whiskey, so why not make a bourbon? And that's how we have the bourbon now. Um, we also are working on a couple different other products right now. Um, as Adele was saying, um, the white whiskey is very tropical noted. Um, a lot of rum drinkers really, really enjoy it. And tequila drinkers has a lot more flavor. And people are like, it's vodka. Vodka is a totally different thing than an unaged whiskey because the heat temperature that's heated up to, the point of a vodka is supposed to be neutral. So a lot of, if somebody says that, they're obviously not educated on spirits and need to kind of learn that there is more flavor to it. Because you're not going to say like a Pisco is like a vodka. Pisco has a lot of flavor to it and all that stuff. So our unaged whiskey tastes a lot like banana. Ooh. So we're actually working on yes, a yeah. unaged banana liqueur that's going to be made from the white oh, whiskey cool. base. So Adele actually got to try that. It was delightful. It was so, so good. It tastes like... So I feel like... So actually, I said that this is Taylor when I tried it. I was like, I feel like you... Right now, you can get two types of banana liqueurs. You can either get one that tastes like banana candy, like like the one you get from the little machines where you put the 25 cents in, mm-hmm. or you get the one that tastes so caramelized that it tastes like dates. Mm. Like, there's no in between. This one, I would say, is a perfect, like, happy medium because it tastes as that, like, but very distinctive banana taste. Does it taste like today pear- banana or banana from the 50s? It, it tastes like... It tastes like the bananas are used for... Uh, for um for banana bread like like a, like an overripe banana but okay. it tastes like banana it doesn't taste like dates and it doesn't taste like candy it's mm. like it's like the perfect like literally it's like okay i want to make fucking banana bread with this it's so good <laughs> i really liked it and i fucking love banana the cure i put this shit on everything <laughs> she loves banana I'm, bread too i'm a fucking one trick pony i feel like every competition that i've been in i always incorporate banana and that's all i know how to do banana and sherry that's all that's my one <laughs> trick there it is guys so you have this is my, my success story that's i mean that happened I, that's a thing though I, I was like the bitters bartender years ago where it's like i always i have my little thing where i really like to add like this 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 and bitters you know it's like you get kind of obsessed with a certain thing every every once in a while me and Adele both had banana in our liquor 43 competition. Yep. I used banana rum from Bacardi, which they actually are discontinuing, which I'm really sad about. That stuff is so good. It's yeah, they're discontinuing tasty. it. Manny told me the other week, and I was so sad because it's honestly like for being like a flavored thing, like I know our spider is supposed to hate flavored things. It is such a great like mot- like drink or thing to utilize if you don't have like fresh banana or something like that and you want something easy. It tastes like banana. Yeah, it's really Nothing tasty. Wrong yeah. <laughs> I love the little flask too that looks like a banana. I've never had. Oh, I, you have one of those. Oh yeah, I take it. I bring that everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I take that everywhere. No, I I've never had that that spirit before. So I'm gonna have to. It's pretty tasty. Match up a bottle before they get stop before getting rid of gone. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. No, we're telling all the secrets. Everyone's gonna go out and get it now. Looks <laughs> <laughs> well, like told me was it no Saeed. Cocktails by Hawk posted the other day that Bevmo, by mistake, misprinted Fortaleza. I was only charging $15 a bottle. I Why did he post that? that? It was no, it and was, was like, $12.99. Why did he post yeah. that? He should have just told all I was of on us. on my way. And then he said, oh, they changed it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I got to go to there as soon as I clock out of this place. And that was just, no, I know they changed it, but I was like, fuck, dude, you should have bought like 10. That's dude. like finding the stamp that had the airplane upside down. <laughs> the what? <laughs> 
the who? What are you, you know, talking about? the stamp, like the misprint stamp that had the airplane upside down, the biplane. And it was like no. worth like, I mean, it was like in the 19, like 1900 or something. They misprinted one stamp with the airplane upside down. Or no, maybe it was one sheet of stamps with the airplane upside down. And those that stamp is worth like billions of dollars. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. But What? I'll, you guys I'll didn't collect like... stamps? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of it before. It was a big thing <laughs> in like the 1900s. <laughs> like it was huge. Wait, do you collect stamps? No. <laughs> 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 I, I no. When I was a child, I did collect stamps. Though I had a little stamp collection. I I wonder where it is. I I have no idea. I I bet you my mom has it or something. I tried collecting coins for a hot second and just didn't. I was like, this is dumb. I hate <laughs> this. Stuff. Nerds, dude. I know. I I I always want to like obsess and collect things, but like I really, I just don't. I lose interest very quickly. I'm like, Mac, that's yeah, I mean, too. I Pez too. <gasps> oh, that's cute. Do you still have them? Yeah, they're like in a thing, like in my parents. Oh, I had X Men cards. I collected X Men cards for a minute. <laughs> Damn, I, mean, I am yeah, a nerd. I think we all Pokemon at one point, right? Adele, <laughs> yeah, Adele, you had to collect something as a kid. Did you collect anything? I had, um, I don't know if this. They're called tazos, and the, every time you got a bag of like chips or papitas in Mexico, they would be like this little like round, like it's almost like a coin. But you challenge other kids. To, oh, it's like, like pogs. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is that what they're called in English? I don't know. Maybe but they had like that. They're like little pieces of paper, and you like slap them against yeah, each other. Yeah, like, like you slap them, and if you turn it over, you get to keep it. Yeah, it's po- Yeah, like pogs. Yeah, I had a fuck Tass- ton of those tassos. Tassos. Uh huh. Did you guys? Had, whatever cartoon was in, it was like the theme. But I remember I was really heavy into the. Um, they had like a Looney Tunes one that I fucking really loved. And they had the Dragon Ball Z one. I was all about it. We had that. We had the same <laughs> same thing where you get like, and they had the slammers, like the really fancy ones and stuff. I, yeah. I feel like Pogs were only cool for like a year, but like, I think they should come back for a long time. <laughs> I was like, I actually still have my collection. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we're get, we're derailing so bad we're right now. Right. Anyway, so, uh, can whiskey. <laughs> Um, I will say that I tried both expressions, the H one and the white one. And I really love them both. Um, for whatever reason, like white whiskey for me makes me like want to like get creative. Like, like, like how can I use this? How it just is such a like, yeah, it's very flavorful. But for example, like I'm like, okay, what can I infuse this with? Like because to highlight the already existing flavors. And I find that very fun specifically with white whiskey with H whiskey, you know, you're drinking a whiskey drink. So that kind of like, narrows down your options but for white whiskey i'm like oh my god possibilities are endless what can i fat wash this with or whatever so it's really fun and i really enjoy seeing your 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 instagram with with utilizing that whiskey in really really creative ways it's really cool um speaking about instagram you have a lot of followers how did you get (laughs) is that something that you already had or you started getting uh, popular with your cocktails or how did that how did you become a a real life bardashian Okay, so it's a funny story how this started. Originally, I started this cocktail, like, even before I was bartending, I think it was, like, six years ago. So people, the cocktail band has been around for, like, six years, but it didn't really take it seriously for maybe, like, the first three years. So the first three years, the reason why people are like, why are you called the cocktail bandit? The reason why is because I used to go into venues, and I would take a cocktail photo of drinks I really enjoyed that I thought were really interesting, and I would just post that on there, like, from the bar that I got it from. And then... I kind of like got kind of bored doing that because I started actually bartending. So I was like, 
maybe I should start posting yeah. the stuff I create. So that I started doing that. And when I started doing that, that's when everything kind of started skyrocketing. I had maybe like 6,000 followers when I, when I was just doing like the drink account things and people were like, Oh, that's a cool cocktail. I'm going to go try oh, this there. Cat's like trying to be. Cat's it's, like, it's a normal zoom thing. A cat will always appear in a zoom. <laughs> He heard, yes, he heard Black Cat like, a bunch of times, hey, and now it's like you like waving. summon like, him. You guys call for me? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started that, and I started doing my own content, and then I like remember just posting my own content, just getting kind of creative with it, and I started having brands reach out to me, and like uh, at first I was like, you know, this is cool, like I should like I was new to it, so I was like, I'll just do it for free, like because it's like publicity. So I think one of the biggest brands that reached out to me at the get go was GTS Kombucha. Um, I had a conference with them and said, listen, we can't, don't have a budget to pay you, but we'll reshare all the images that you create for us. And we have like, they have a huge fan base. So I was like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. So they sent me a bunch of flavors and I did a couple cocktails for them and they would ah. repost it. And I'd get a bunch of followers from them, like insane amounts. Me. So I was like, oh, cool. That's great. And then like, they kept sending me a kombucha. I was like, okay. I'm like, and then things started kind of getting up and like more brands started reaching out. I was like, I probably should charge for this because I'm actually like creating content and recipes and stuff like that. So I started charging and not like a lot, like, you know, some bar Instagram bartenders, like I want like a thousand dollars to post this one thing on my <laughs> feed. I was like, I'll do it for $10. Give me $100 and I'll do You're it. like, I get a drink. Yeah. That's worth like, it right there. <laughs> so obviously as the years have gone on, I've like added more and more because I don't need any more free alcohol. Like if I showed you guys my Yard. bar collection right now, it's like, I need to, have a giant party where I have a giant jungle I'll juice. I need to get rid of so much junk. Um, like I have my good stuff and then I have stuff that's just been like sent to me where I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't drink that much of this. Like it's just going to sit there and collect dust. So I, I give it to <laughs> friends. I like, tell my parents, like, oh, here you go. If they send me multiple bottles that are unopened, I'm just like, okay, well, oh, I have like six bottles of this. Like, oh, perfect. Housewarming gift. Yeah, share the wealth. They're like, what is this? I'm like, oh, it's like this delicious liqueur. Um, I use it in this. <laughs> oh, send me recipes. I can use it in. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, get But um, that's how I kind of started collecting fan base and like started doing stuff with more brands and stuff like that and doing things like that. Makes sense. Like, there's a lot of people that reach out to me and I don't always take every job um obviously during covid i've been a little bit less like that because i just need dinero because i'm not working behind a bar right now usually when i'm working behind a bar it's like when i have free time i can do that and if it makes sense i'll do it but when people reach out to me for like these like pre-made things that don't make mm -hmm. sense and they're like random like ingredients that don't make sense an ice mold that doesn't make sense for me i don't always say yes right you want to be true to your own brand too you know i'm looking at you pbr coffee you guys, see, have you guys seen those? It's like a PBR coffee drink. Have we? Milk. Has anyone tried them? <laughs> yes, I had. Yeah, it's a beer like, coffee. Do you remember the um uh the Starbucks like like uh Shot lattes thing? they sold? I don't like them. Yes, it tastes just like that. I don't like them. So I'm like not terribly upset at it. I'm like okay. <laughs> yeah, but also like, why don't you just want a PBR? Yeah, and then a coffee on the side. Yeah, exactly. Like have your coffee and then have your six through 12 pack of PBR. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. PBR. If you want to give me money, I'll do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I have no morals. <laughs> oh, try this PBR. <laughs> <laughs> this is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is. It will give you the runs, but it's great. It is the champagne of be. Wait, no, no, wait, no, no, wait, no, no, no. no. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, I, 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 I've said it before. You know, I feel like in the bartending world, there's like a lot of. Uh, it can be like really, you know. I think more so before pandemic, a lot of like shit talking on like uh, bartenders that had like a big following on Instagram or, or social media because of whatever, like they're not real bartending, blah, 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 blah. But I think that that is an incredible tool to have because you learn how to brand yourself and how to monetize your skills in a way that like by the time COVID hit, while all of us are trying to catch up and be that, you already set up, you already have this, this space of being able to do that and knowing how to monetize. It. And I think that's, that's really special and really cool that you have that skill. I think it's a really awesome skill to have because like not only you great behind the bar, but also, you know, how to put it in a way where you can monetize it while you're not behind the bar. And I think that's super cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's definitely like, was definitely a good thing that I had what I had. Obviously it's like, you know, there's a lot of these Instagram bartenders that don't necessarily know what they're doing and I don't really get mad at them. The thing I get upset about is more of their spreading false information on what a balanced cocktail is and stuff that we are really animate about and like making sure that cocktails make sense. Yes. Uh, are you talking about that? The What's that actor's name that made the Negroni? Oh, I don't know. Who's that? There was a big, there was a big outlash. Like, uh, I don't know his name, something where he made a Negroni and he shook the Negroni and like, and he and it had a lot of attention that people are like, "This is how you make a Negroni from this actor," and everyone's like, "Ah, this is how you make a Negroni." <laughs> All the bartenders <laughs> like, "Ah, yeah, no, I like that you yeah. bring that up because it's true. There's been a lot of on my feed, you know, because you as a bartender you follow a, a lot of other people in the industry, whatever. I have come across gorgeous, beautiful drinks that photo- photograph amazingly, but then I read up the recipe that they post, and I'm like, that sounds disgusting. Mm. I would never drink that." And also that's not like that would never fly at a bar or like really crazy elaborate drinks. I'm like, that would never fly at a high volume bar or anything like that. You know? So it's, I, what I appreciate about what you do is that your drinks do make sense that I, those are drinks that would go on a menu and they would make sense. Stanley Ducci. Ducci. Oh, is that the guy? <laughs> Ducci. Ducci. Sorry. But you know, that's the perfect example of like when false information is spread, then these people think that's good quality stuff, like good quality, like cocktails. Same thing with like, you know, the whole backlash with like, you know, like celebrity owned tequila brands. I'm not going to name any, but like, oh, we will. We can we a- <laughs> Okay, Kylie Jenner. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually Kendall Jenner or whatever. Oh, crap. <laughs> <Same shit. But laughs> whatever. It just, it's upsetting. And like, you know, they, there's a lot of brands that put a lot more work into it. And then just because a celebrity bought this brand, it's going to be super well-known and people think it's such good quality product. And that's, what's upsetting to me is like seeing these smaller brands that put a lot of effort and a lot of tradition into something go down. And same thing with cocktailing. Um, it's really upsetting for something that we all really have a huge passion for. And this person who's just born or like bored in Ohio deciding to make a cocktail account and putting random things together that they just think would sound good together, but it doesn't make any sense. Like I saw yeah. a cocktail a couple of weeks ago, they used blue pea flower infused spirit with citrus, which we all know turns the cocktail pink. It's like the wow. Ooh, cocktail ingredient. Right. Right. But the cocktail is still, blue. I am going to say it's a pretty wow. Ooh, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem was the cocktail was still blue. And I like wrote, I was like, Hey, why is the cocktail still blue? If there's citrus in it. And they said, Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, because you, you messed know, up, you mustered it all up. 
you probably lied and just filled it with water and used. Oh, yeah, they probably they weren't didn't even fucking you put citrus in it. They just put Gatorade. Sure, and then all oh, filled the glass with bastards. Gatorade, and they just made a the pretty nerve. garnish. That the nerve! The nerve! <laughs> the nerve! Where do they oh, get off? Where I mean, and, and you know, and no, it's I true. Feel they, like, probably, they totally just like filled it up with some Gatorade and took a picture. Fuckers. That's what makes me uh, upset because I put yeah. a lot of work before I put a cocktail out onto social media. Before, like, I was like, being in quarantine, I was like, boom, 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 boom. And now, like, my brain's like, I'm like, I did a lot. I put a lot of my creativity out there. It gave me a lot of time to think. And now I'm like, not saying goodbye to social media, but I'm trying to go on it less because I feel like it's kind of making me feel a little crazy and unproductive. Uh, yeah, so I get that. I'm trying I'm to kind of it. do maybe a couple of posts in a week. And then I take the rest of the week to kind of really just like re like figure out everything, try to get stuff done looking obviously for a new bar gig. That makes sense <laughs> for me. Um, well, I, I was going to say Taylor, just as like a silver lining, the yeah. people that are making the Gatorade like colored drinks and, and make pretty garnishes like that's going to only go so far. That's going to like be popular on an Instagram feed until the next social media or the next internet like phase of whatever technology may be. It might be a part. I don't know. But uh, but like you will always have your the passion and the and the fallback of like the the craft, you know. So like it, you know, there's no competition in my mind. You know what I mean? It's like you, you there's no competition between somebody who has like gone through the ringer of being in a bar and like work with people and screamed in, in walk-ins and, and had things thrown at them. And like, you know, there's no, there's no competition there. There, there is life skills that have been obtained that will never be equal to putting something in a glass and garnishing it. It's just, it's just not the same. It's a different, it's two different worlds, you know? I agree. And creativity is stem from, uh, well, I, I feel that creativity is stemmed and beauty is stemmed from t- tough situations a lot of times. And like some of the best, most beautiful, creative, coolest things come out of rough spaces. So we are all going to be fine. <laughs> I always think though, is my, the problem that always sets is, so like, if you've ever done like some paid collaborations before with brands, it's not necessarily through the brand itself, but it's actually through PR companies. And the PR companies have this unrealistic expectation because of those people. And that's what my biggest issue always is because then they're always like, well, we had, we worked with so-and-so and they did this for us and this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that because that does not make sense. They're like, mucking not, up the game. They're mucking it all up. Information onto my social account for a good amount of money to say this and this about something, which isn't true. Yeah, 100%. Especially, it's interesting with the PR companies too, because if they're, they've never been in the industry or they don't know the industry that well. So they are demanding things that you can't, you're like, no, are you stupid? Like, we, no, why would you ask me that? But they would because they don't know better. It's like Wayne's World. It's like sphincter, monkeys fly out of his butt. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, like when like they're like, this is the best thing. You're like, we're going to offer you all this stuff. But then when you like are sitting there, you're like, well, this isn't that great. Like, you know, like I like to do it the way I like to do it. And my account was the way I like to do it. So I'm going, I'm going to continue doing it the way I like to do it. So keep doing it. You're fine. You're, you got it down. You're good. You got a great account and you, you have creative cocktails, like just, you know, even like engaging in the way that you do, it's like, you know, it's going to be fun and you like, you like what you do and you, 
you create that content because it stems from a creative space in your own self and you do it because of who you are, not anyone else, not any other brand. And that's how it should always be, you know? So, yeah. So suck on that, Kendall Jenner. Yeah, put, <laughs> put, put that egg in your basket and Take swing that back it. To A1A. <laughs> suck on that, Aaron Paul. <laughs> yeah, like you can't, like, sorry, money doesn't buy coolness. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, well, no. <laughs> Adele! Adele! <laughs> Come on, it but it's nice. <laughs> I guess it does buy air conditioning. That's about it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but that being said, we do have some callers that we need have been sitting here for, you know, and I, I always like to wait, make them wait and sweat. I like to make them sweat like they just got their second COVID shot. <laughs> okay, that's gross. What is it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's what happened. Let's get to, to the scholars. I got sweaty after I got my shot. <laughs> Too much information. It's your menopause kicking in, bro. Yeah, man. My eggs, are, <laughs> my eggs are fine. My eggs are fine. All right. So we got some callers and we're and we're all ready, I think. We're all primed up. We're lubed up and ready to answer some questions. So here we go. First Let's caller. Thanks for waiting. Hey there. I was wondering, of the drinks you have created, which one do you enjoy most? And also, um, what are some features that make your favorite bar your favorite bar thank you that's a good question yeah i like that question there's a lot of questions on that question (laughs) (laughs) so my favorite cocktails are honestly cocktails that have like a unique flavor element um something that you know when you're like making drinks you wouldn't think those two things go together but if you kind of like in a palatable flavor they would go together in the sense of like I'm just going to use an example because this is one example I really like is like white chocolate and wasabi is a killer combination. Whoa. I don't know that. So it is my old roommate in freshman year of college made. She decided one day she was a big stoner and she decided one day she wanted to be like a chocolatier and she decided to make all these weird chocolates. So she made these white chocolate wasabi bites. And I was like, like, that's disgusting. (laughs) I tried it and it was like such a mind blowing explosion in my mouth. And I was like, that was phenomenal. So I actually made a, um, I took a white cacao and like melted it down and fat washed some Blanco tequila oh, cool. and made a wasabi syrup and with the, and did like lime, like traditional margarita. And it was so great, but it's like one of those cocktails, like you try as like, a cocktail nerd and you're like just mind blown that all these flavors are in there. Huh. So they play like so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. So I like doing that mind blowing thing. That's what makes things really fun to me. Like fat washing, I think is such a great technique for some cocktails obviously a lot of bars don't have time sometimes to do it but like even just coconut oil if you coconut oil wash like the white whiskey that i sell it's delicious um you can make a really good white old-fashioned with it Mm. or in manhattan super great versatility wise um but also even just like fat washing like a gin martini with coconut oil and if you do like a twist it just takes it to another level without adding all that heavy fat to it so i'm a big fan of fat washing me too. I think it's delicious and it changes things and gives it a lot of cool flavor. Yeah. I think that's uh, a good point on the flavor pairings. A lot of times whenever um, I've, you know, cre- crafted cocktails and started thinking about flavor pairings and stuff, it it's always came from another experience in my life. It's always came from like, like for instance, pineapple and cinnamon. It's like 
whenever I'm working with pineapple, I'm going to incorporate cinnamon at this point because I went to a Korean restaurant and they gave me a fresh pineapple with cinnamon on it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But I ate it and I ended up eating the whole plate of it because it was so freaking good. I'm like, I'm always going to put cinnamon with pineapple at this point. It's so good. So yeah, it's like it. understanding flavors is, and flavor pairings like comes from just like experience and being open to trying different new things for sure. I always am down, like when I especially go to another country or I go to another re- new restaurant, I always do try probably the weirdest things on the menu. Mm. Things I like, huh, let's see how that plays out. Because I really do, as you're saying, take things from another experience. Um, that's why I always love working at venues with like, kind of tying into the other question. I love working at venues that have a really good, um, like obviously food programs and all the, the, the match the drink program. Because mm-hmm. I like seeing elements from that chef and seeing what they're putting out, something that I can make and compliment. Like I'm not going to serve a tiki drink at like a Mexican restaurant that they're do, trying to do high-end Mexican food. I can do a tiki-inspired cocktail, but I have to make sure that it makes sense with the cuisine that is going out because I don't want two opposites. I'm not going to serve like something that does not make sense on the menu for that venue. So that's kind of tying into like what place I like to work. I love working at places that have a really cool culinary mm-hmm. um, things that I can incorporate into my cocktails. Um, I worked at Margo in Culver city for a while. And like, I didn't put any drinks on the menu there, but I liked kind of geeking out with my manager and um, taking things from the chef and like, Hey, what are you not using? What do you like? What can I, how can I use this and repurpose it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like taking something like sumac, which is like traditionally put on top of um, a lot of Mediterranean food and making like a sumac honey syrup, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's how I like to kind of like the places I love working is like places that equally are food driven as drink driven. And not to mention they already have like the relationship set up with like the purveyors that you can utilize like the the, the already made out lists of what is available uh, as as opposed to like working with somewhere where you have to build all that that those relationships out as the bar manager, which I feel like could be a little more complicated than with an already like established kitchen and like relationship with, with these food purveyors. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. It makes it so much easier. It makes everything like move like a smooth sailing ship because you're able to get from that same provider um, more of the products you might have less room taken up in your walk-ins. Like mm-hmm. one thing that's always hard is like when a bar program is trying to do stuff past the culinary, like part of the restaurant, and you don't have enough room for it. Like last thing that owners take in consideration when building a restaurant is how big of a walk-in you're actually going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, also, where's the ice machine going to go? Every new restaurant I've worked at, nobody knows where the ice machine is going to go till the last couple of weeks. Not in a small closet, guys. Not in a small closet. <laughs> Let me repeat that, business owners. Don't put the ice machine in a small, unventilated closet. Don't do it. It's not going to work. You're going to regret it. <laughs> it has lots of air and space. <laughs> yeah, but to your point, I think like accessibility to ingredients or space or maybe like different type of ice or like things like that are are key to be able to get really creative with your with your cocktails because, you know, and also like the venue, right? Like if it's a super, super, super high volume venue, maybe it doesn't make sense to make the most intricate cocktails that are going to end up going out before your um, after your appetizer comes out, right? So, like, you want to be able to take some things in consideration to be able to make something that makes sense or put out something that makes sense. Less touches, the better, especially for high volume. If there's ways, yep. like, you know, like I've always, I've worked at some place before where I've been bartending for a while, and like there'll be a person above me who's not saying like they don't know a lot, but like 
in ways to less complicate things. Instead of having like a 10 touch drink, why don't you just take your two like modifiers and combine it so you're able to have less steps? Right. So it makes it easier for the right. bartender and has to make it flow a lot better. Like exactly. I had one bartender, one bartender that was like, or not bartender, bar manager that wanted us to put a couple dashes of saline in one of our highest volume drinks. Like it was one of the drinks I was probably making like over a hundred something a night. <laughs> you're like, can't I we just was, include this somewhere? Yeah, like I always forget to put the three dashes of saline in and like, a lot of us kept forgetting. I'm like, why don't you just put a little bit of saline into this, like into the simple syrup that we're using. So then it's like a salted, like sun, sunflower or jot. And he's yeah. like, Oh, that makes sense. You know, just taking a less step because like the thing is, the point is you want everything to run smoothly and that you're getting the cocktail out to the guests, the intended way that it was supposed to be made. Exactly. Yeah. 20 steps in one drink that gets really overwhelming for bartenders, especially when there's like 15 drinks on the menu. And you're well right. to have that capability of holding that many modifiers and things like that. And that the fact if I have to go to the back bar just to grab something for that one drink or an ice bin behind me, it just takes a lot more work. It's it's pivot yeah. rule, man. If you can't grab everything in one pivot, then call take it off the menu. Take it off the menu. You gotta be able to do it in one pivot. Arms reach in one pivot. Pew, pew, pew. Exactly. <laughs> Four corners, baby. Pew, pew, pew. And then you could do a spin, like throw it at the guest and like really well. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. here. Oh, here we got another caller. Hello, this is Nord from Portland. And I was wondering um, if you were to consume a beer, um, what it, would you prefer? Would you prefer it in a can or in a bottle? Or would you prefer draft? And please explain why. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, <laughs> person. So I feel like it's preference on what everybody likes. I actually don't like beer on draft all the time for some reason. I don't know why. Sometimes I feel like some kegs aren't cold enough. Dirty ass oh, draft yeah. system. Yeah, like the draft true. system's not cold enough. And I just don't like how it comes out like lukewarm. And not saying all, all places do this, but like something about having something in a can or a bottle is, I think, ideally better because I know it's going to be pretty cold as long as the refrigerators aren't out. Um, I've always, okay, like when I drink beer, I drink three types of beer. It's either IPA, Mexican lager, or a sour beer. Obviously, a lot of sours come in cans, which I'm like obviously drinking a sour beer right now. And I don't <laughs> mind. Um, but I actually prefer bottle the most. Like something about a soul beer just brings me back to college and I'm like super happy about it. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, you should try this Mexican lager. It's from Bob. I'm like, I, give me a soul every day. It's like at Low Boy for $5. Like I'm super happy with that. Everyone's like, you're going to drink that? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to so drink it all. I am. <laughs> so wait, was soul was your, your college beer? That was the brand that you went to? I, just, I discovered it like when I was able to start buying my own alcohol. Before that, we drank, we called it turtle piss beer, which is <laughs> Paguama. I think it's called Kaguama and it's got the turtle on it and you can get a 24 pack for $12. I don't even know this beer. <laughs> or no, 30 pack for $20 or $12. And we used to get it all the time. We used to do PBR and we go five bucks, at 12 pack, five bucks anywhere, five bucks anywhere. <laughs> like we just like get five, we'd scrounge change and get five buck, 12 pack of PBR or hams. <laughs> I like, I don't really like beer that much, but I do like sours. And they typically come like in a in a can, um, but I'm 
very indifferent about this question. I don't really drink beer except for right now because that's all I had in my fridge. And, so and, and it's in a bottle. So you were, we're, bottle. Put, we're pinning you in the bottle category. I'm enjoying this. So, you know, bottle <laughs> it is. I'm a, I like, like can. I love cans. I like cans. I would say draft, but yeah, there's so many factors. Like if the lines aren't clean, if it's, it's not cold enough, I, you know, I get that. But I do enjoy like the, the glassware. I like the goblets mm, a lot. Yeah. Something about that that makes me feel I like special. it. I know it's like such a non beer nerdy thing because they say that you're not supposed to chill with beer glasses because it makes it so you can't taste the beer as much or whatever. But like, I do like it. If I'm doing draft, I do like a chilled glass. Sorry, I do. I think it's delicious. And I know everyone's going to be all mad at me about that one, but I do. I think it's delicious. It's like a martini in a chill, like a frozen glass. It's so good. Um, but I mean, maybe not. I don't know if I do like a, you know, like a stout or something like in a cold glass. I don't know. Uh, but I do like a cold glass in draft system and the draft system has to be clean. And that's the thing about like some draft systems, unless they're not managed right, you could get a dirty ass draft system and you will I'm taste it. Beer. Oh, grill. So uh, ass beer. But yeah, yeah I, historically, I've been a can cans for sure. Historically, because I like a tall can. What's the part of the new draft system? Like the Sapporo, because they tried to, when I was working at Hermanito, they tried to sell me a draft system for Sapporo. That was like a specialized draft system. So it kept everything extra cold. Uh-huh. Ooh. And I think that's why I actually really do like Sapporo on draft more than in bottle. That because that's the, the venues that do use that draft system, it's extra cold. So when I'm yeah, having- there's like glycol systems that like really, you know, that are really in, like the one at Black Cat actually has a really great draft system. Like I will always get draft at Black Cat because they got yeah. a really, really, really awesome draft system. But I think historically, tall boy can as long. Yeah, I like a tall boy. It's Ooh, it's one contained. Of those Modelo Micheladas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Modelo Michelada. <laughs> That's Adele's nickname. It's <laughs> my stripper name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that's my that's my final answer on that one. Oh, do, do, do. Oh, another caller. Hey guys, uh, my name is Mike Nardelli, and uh, my questions for Taylor are: uh, What has been your favorite bartending job in LA? And if you could give any new bartender one piece of advice, what would it be? All right, thank you. Those are good questions. Are yeah, yeah, questions. yeah, 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 yeah. So, first question, favorite place I ever worked was Rosaline before things kind of went downhill. Um, I The reason I say that is because the culinary part is was super, I was never loved a menu more mm. at any venue I've ever worked at because there was so much love that went to it from the chef um, and then also reciprocated with our manager who literally went to Peru to learn about the culture before he dove in. So he went there for like two weeks, tried a bunch of different cuisine, and then took all that information pretty much back to create a cocktail menu. Cool. He had a cocktail menu before. This is what he told me, at least. He had a cocktail menu before that he was going to launch, and he didn't really know a lot about Peruvian cuisine, but he just like tried. But when he went there, he threw that menu out and started a brand new menu with all different ideas from all. I love that. Experience. That's so really neat. A menu that some person put a lot of love into and a lot of consideration and made sense utilizing ingredients from the cuisine that we were selling just kind of tugged at the heartstrings. And I never wanted to work harder to bartend than I did there. 
And when we would try to, he would ask us for inspiration for menus. I've never done more research looking for things that was popular in Peruvian cuisine and which ways I could utilize them in the cocktails. Mm. And um, the knowledge that I learned from that place, from all the Pisco I learned how to utilize. Um, the, also, we use a lot of like Mexican spirits. And like, if you are familiar with Peruvian, I did a cocktail a couple of days ago. Um, there isn't, I think it's Nikta. I have to remember, I just blanked on the name, but Japan, there's a lot of Japanese influence in Peruvian cuisine and me being part Japanese. I really love that mm-hmm. because I'm like, I'm familiar with all the Japanese ingredients because my mom utilizes them or my family's utilized them in certain cooking or the food we've had. So I don't like using the word fusion, the mixture of the cultures together really to me was beautiful. And that's why I loved working there so much. And then the owner got a little greedy, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> that's the el- that's the owner story. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. You take people's tips away and pay them fifteen dollars an hour. Everyone's not going to stay. Wow. So that's oh, yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's like fuck. What do people fucking do that, man? Stupid. Oh. Yeah, owner of a owner of a bar in Los Angeles, fifteen dollars an hour. That's equivalent enough of a livable like wage for people to live. Let's do that. Like, what are you? Well, crazy? now the service charge is. I don't know how that's legal in any way. No, it's no, not at that's all. Literally stealing. Not it's, not allowed at all. Yeah. Supposedly, it's like a, more and more places are adopting it now. Like, I have a couple of venues I used to work at that are, have adopted it, and I'm just like, it's so disgusting. Well, you you have to disclose that to people, though. You have to say like this is a service charge um, that the house keep. You have to put it on the check because if a guest wants to get that taken off the check, they get to. Yeah, um, yeah. But the but, problem with that is that it's there's no way to track that that those funds. You can't track service mm-hmm. charges to make sure that they're being divvied out to the employees and not to the business or to the owner. Like you know, it's yeah. it's complete untransparency. Like it's not. It's not cool. It's not cool. A at very all. flawed system. Yeah. At least for fifty bucks an hour, get the fuck out of my face. Dude. Yeah, no, <laughs> not cool. No, no. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's that that hits the point on me. I'm like, kick, 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 triggered. And then the second question for any advice to new bartenders: um, don't come in swinging, thinking you're going to be a bartender the next month or so, like. Especially if you're most likely, you'll learn more being a barback than you will being a bartender because you get to observe everybody. That is you 100% to, true. That's you good. learn everything. You learn where everything on the back bar is, maybe even better than the bartender will. Um, when I was a barback, I knew the back bar better than all the bartenders. I knew exactly where everything was. Um, I knew where anything was. I was self-efficient and I became like, I didn't even plan on being a bartender right away. But my manager pretty much just saw like a lot of, he's like, you have a lot of potential and you're able to multitask and you know every like you're 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 trying to work and that's more than i can say about some of the people working right now so i'm gonna move you to bartender and i was like the most efficient being able to find things because i knew where everything was being a bar back i'm like you don't know where the cocktail napkins are i know where they are first off we have to go get the chef's keys i have to move his motorcycle to open this closet and go get the stuff out of there, you know? Totally. Yeah. I remember a lot of times where if the bar back would be some reason to show up for a bar back when I had bar backs, I'd be like, where do I get these things? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> ah, okay, give me a minute. And I'll be like, I'll be back in five trying to find like what bottle is. And I'm like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> but I like what you just said. Like, you got to put in the work. I like that you said that sit back and observe too. There's a good portion of learning that really does come from like observation too, which is 
That's I do like that. Well, you need to learn too, like what your style is. Like I had friends when I was bar- started bartending. Every bartender has a different method in the way they do things, and you adopt methods that you think work. Like for me, I like don't think it, like some bartenders just refuse to make two drinks in the same glass. And I'm like, if you work at a high volume place, you gotta use it. Do it. Yep. Yep. yep some people yep. Are like, no, no, that's not good. I'm like. You've never obviously worked in high volume where you need to get those drinks out. And I've worked in high volume before where I've shaken three Pisco sours in one tin because I that's, have to. Yeah. That's... And you have to. So you have to adapt and really learn what your technique is and like what way you're going to get those drinks out. Yeah. Cause and ultimately the, the customer just wants the drink and they yeah. want it, you know, they want it full. They want it with a garnish. They want it to look good. They want it to taste good. So just figure out how to get it out there. <laughs> Exactly. So that's my thing is for bartenders like your barbacks and like people learning to try to begin industries. Like you need to observe, you need to adapt and you need to adopt and get all those things in to make sure what kind of bartender you want to be. Maybe you don't want to work in fine dining. You don't want to be a fine dining restaurant bartender. You want to be in the back or working at like the dive bar down the street where you have a million friends that come in that, you know, and like locals that come in. Or you want to be a service bartender where you're just making drinks like mindlessly, you know, doing nothing, not talking really as much, just making those drinks out. Or you want to be providing excellent service and experience for that guest, which is the kind of bartender I like to think I am. I like creating an experience for the guests, make sure that they remember me and make sure that they had a great cocktail, um, especially if they're asking me to make them fun drinks. So that, but you have to try all of those hats on before you figure out which one fits you the best. Straight up. And I think that's something that comes with experience. And like you said, you that's not going to happen uh, with bartending school. It's not going to happen overnight. That's not going to happen. That's going to happen. It takes time and it takes like years. Agreed. 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 Yeah. I got coming out of COVID right now. I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, what, what's going to happen? What, what bar am I going back to? And I think I'm going, I'm going day, daytime uh, dive bar. I think that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've all these, yeah, of all these years, like doing, you know, doing fine dining, different, you know, club stuff, all the different things. It's like, dive, you know, dive bar. I'm like, I think I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna rest easy as a day shift dive bar bartender, <laughs> making bloody marys. <laughs> I think I definitely want to go back, but to a place that has restaurant hours. I don't know if I have it in me to do the the two a.m. anymore. The late, yeah, the older you get, the late it's, nights hard. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that anymore. I don't know if I want that kind of vibe and 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 environment. To, I I did it for a long time. I don't know if I want that again. I want somewhere that closes at the midnight of the absolute, absolute latest. And that's like food driven for sure. But I'm, like, I'm in bed know. after COVID man, I've been going to bed at 11 o'clock. Like I'm <laughs> up too. at seven in the morning. Like it is a lifestyle that I did not know was real. I didn't know that was a real thing. Get up at seven. Come on. You go to bed at seven, maybe, but get up at seven. Give me a break. I'm the same way. I'm like, I sleep at like 1030 now. I'm like, who am I? I know it's <laughs> happening. I like stayed up till like two in the morning, like a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I went to bed and like the next day I felt wrecked because I was like, <laughs> the whole day was just thrown off and I didn't even party or anything. I literally just was binge watching some stupid Netflix show. 
That's and crazy, I, right? And then like before like, my back hurts. <laughs> yeah. I know. And then before we're like coming home at like five after a shift and like maybe have like a glass of wine or something before you go to sleep and then sleep till like noon. And you're just like, wake up like you've been hit by a truck. Like, oh, yeah, it was totally. so fun. It's always so fun. If I if fun. I redo it all again, I wouldn't change a bit of it. Like not one bit. I've just had the best time and the most fun bartending. Like I think it's one of the f- most rewarding and enjoyable like careers i wouldn't change one second of it like would i be a doctor no <laughs> would i Probably be a lawyer <laughs> absolutely not would i jump up on a bar countdown like a new year's eve party hell yeah <laughs> like, that's so fun you know so yeah i wouldn't change one second of it i think it i think anyone who wants to get in bartending should definitely get in the bartending just uh know it's you know after you know just be be aware of your health <laughs> Uh, all right. I'm going to be cutting off the lines after this because we are getting into a long podcast here. Uh, but we do have one more caller and I want to make sure that we, do, we we get to this caller. So hello, caller. So if I want to get huge as fast as possible, should I? Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> So I got, if, uh, if I want to get huge as fast as possible, wait a minute, like what's a, going on here? <laughs> wait, is that like a, like a, like a workout question? Like, like yoked? Workout like yoked? Or, like, yoked? or like, if you want to get belly big. <laughs> so I can give you both answers. Drink lots of alcohol. You'll get big in no time. <laughs> you want to get yoked. I mean, get a gym membership, lift some weights, take some creatine, high protein <laughs> diets. Um, What's creatine? Is that like a protein powder? No, it's like a workout. It like helps you build mass, I believe. It like oh. swells your muscles up. So they get well, like... I have big- a lot of mass, but I just I need to start harvesting it. because <laughs> har- Harvest the mass. <laughs> I used to take creatine and I would like, literally my arms would look huge and it's great. But then I would like feel like my face was getting like explode for like how popular <laughs> it was. Um, that doesn't sound it, good. It doesn't sound good. It's not, well, then I found out it's like, really bad for your like kidneys and stuff like that. And I was like, that oh, sounds bad. Already, that checks out. Yeah, I'm already like doing drinking a lot. Like, yeah. I probably should do one or the other. <laughs> so I chose alcohol. Yeah, alcohol sounds more are. fun. <laughs> more fun there. <laughs> okay, so then the second part of this question was, should I know what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's your first no. time calling, probably not. No, you should not. Probably you should not, not know. Uh, if, if you do know what's going on here, I, I do That's not so wish funny. you to know what's going on here. Not not one bit. That's hilarious. Um, oh my gosh! So I think we answered all the questions. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, we did good. I think we know how to get huge. Maybe huge means like, how do you get huge? Like. Famous, in, yeah, in like your 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 aura. <laughs> I don't know maybe, why I'd be such a hippie this episode. Or maybe like, how do you grow a few inches? Yeah, how do you, or, how do you get? Yeah, uh, oh, put, you could put inserts in your shoes to get yourself taller. Get a bigger <laughs> penis. Might be the question. A penis, a penis how pump. Get a, get a penis pump. <laughs> <laughs> how do I get huge? A penis pump. Listen, it's an open-ended question. Anything. Yeah, it's Anything. true. Anything else? How do I get huge? 
I boobs. How do I get huge boobs? You get a <laughs> booby pump. I'm, I'm interested in this answer. Do they have a booby pump, like a penis pump? I don't think they so. They have like the breast milk pump, but that's for babies. That's disgusting. <laughs> if you want fake boobs, you just put like, they're not famous, like the chicken cutlets, I call them. Chicken cutlets? <laughs> chicken cutlets. <laughs> so like, I mean, so this is like a little TMI, but like when I was straight, quotations included, I did like... <laughs> girl that I was dating like one day like she's like oh hold on one second all of a sudden these like chicken cutlets like fell out of her palm. <laughs> I was like is that raw chicken? <laughs> it was like flesh colored and it was like shaped like a chicken breast that you see in like the thing. And I was like oh it's a bra stuffer. Yeah but it was like <laughs> it's like, maybe it's, like silicone like shiny like, like you know <laughs> like silicone yeah. <laughs> and I was like is that chicken? <laughs> what did she say? What did she, like, she was no. mortified and like yeah. <laughs> literally like ran out of my house and didn't like talk to me for like a day and then came back like i was like hey yeah those were my like th- my stuffers i was like oh, oh that's you fuck you funny. Like, is that raw chicken <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing i've ever heard oh my god i could imagine so i could imagine she dude. was really embarrassed <laughs> oh, a year later i was gay i wonder what happened <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you should blame it on being traumatized by I feel like cuts. that's the best story ever. <laughs> that is so good. Oh my god. Ch- is that chicken? That's so funny. I never even thought about that. I never stuff stuffed my bra. I mean, I guess I should have, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't, but I remember I used to own this bra that was like so padded that I did have like a really padded bra. Bulletproof, bro. Like, yeah. n- like it was so it was like pillows. That this like, is society Ooh. for you, man. You gotta put chicken cutlets in your bra and freaking <laughs> You wear- <laughs> Am I beautiful now? Like, look at these things, baby. <laughs> chicken cutlets. <laughs> Check out these chicken cutlets. That's like one time I decided to put hair extensions in my hair, like clipping, clipping hair extensions. I got too drunk and I just was like, ah, I just pull them out of my hair. Like everyone around me was like, ew. I was like, sorry, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, like hair is just flying out of my hair. I'm like, this is why I can't wear like fake things. Like I just pull them all off. Like nails, I chew them off. I'm like, uh, I'm a bad girl. I'm like not a very good female woman, <laughs> lady. I'm not a lady. I am um, a lady. I'm. I don't know. I don't know what you I am. Lady. <sighs> well, at least you didn't put dry chicken in your bra, so you know. <laughs> we're, we're now ahead. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I'm like, that could have been so funny on a date. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, do you get fucking salmonella? No. <laughs> Be like, oh, you want some of this, do you? Chicken cutlets. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> like some guys like trying to take advantage of me because I'm drunk or something. And I was like, oh yeah, chicken cutlets. <laughs> it's like my defense Ew. mechanism. <laughs> I mean, fucking there's so much weird things now that are like false advertisement. Like even like in the gay world, like the guys wear like butt implants or padded underwear. Oh That's my god! Funny, it's so dude. Funny because like one of my friends, I was like, "When did your butt get so big?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, I just been doing squats." And then like he got more drunk, and like he like told me he's like, "Oh, you know, and you complimented my butt yesterday." I, was, like, I didn't compliment; I just said look bigger. He's like, "It's because I'm wearing these like padded underwear." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, and, that is so funny." Well, he got more drunk, and he's wearing like kind of like workout short kind of thing, and his the padding kind of morphed. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like, walking around the abbey with like one like butt thing higher than the other, like four inches higher. Yeah, like, it was, like yeah, he, he should be like, excuse me, and just like and like adjust it. Like here you go. Pads. He was like he put like pads in his actual underwear so they were shifting. So it's like he had like a lopsided butt. Funny man. I think the, the things we do for beauty, you know, beauty is pain. Beauty uh, is pa- raw chicken. It's for, it's for the uh, the filters now too. You have to put filters on everything, to, and then like, and then now you have to up the rest of it to keep up with the filters and everything. Uh, to be human, we should just all drink like we used to. You know? <laughs> I've never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wake up and see what you real what you really got. Be like, oh god, oh, shit. you're like, oh, okay. Look like that last night. <laughs> but yeah, my husband every day, like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, this is how I've always been. All right, I no no filter on there. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, this has been the best episode, and I've been so excited and to finally talk to you, Taylor, and like to get to hear Yay. about your adventures as a bartender and experiences and expert free bartender advice. Well done, sir. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for your time. We're really appreciative. What a treat. What a treat. Yes. You are an edible arrangement. Nurse, I know we all look here like we're under 21. Oh, shocker. We're not. But just so you know, we're of drinking age and we do drink a lot, but we do so responsibly. We don't drink and drive and neither should you. Don't do it. Uh, if you want to be, what's the other part? <laughs> If you want to be on the podcast, hit us up. Like, uh, shoot us an email, talktalesthepodcast at gmail.com. We will answer uh, and we will give you an answer whether or not you can be on the episode, which we probably will say, yeah, if you're a bartender. (laughs) We're yes people. (laughs) Yeah, we are. (laughs) And uh, also, thank you so much to Josh for creating our theme song and Grayson for creating our logo and Lane for creating our other logo and Rashid for our edits. You are my favorite human on the universe. And uh, yeah, if you want check out talktalesentertainment.com, the new website is out. It's launched. It's going. Uh, you it can looks bo- tight. Dude, it's sick. Uh, so you can like straight up just like book cocktail classes, get cocktail kits, uh, contact us about anything. It's a one, one stop shop for all bartending virtual experiences. And yeah, if you like our show, do us a solid subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, this is DIY. We do it ourselves and you know, any love helps us grow. So, uh, you can also contribute to our Patreon if you would like to patreon.com backslash talk tales, the podcast. So Taylor, anything you want to plug? Yeah. Anything you want to plug anything coming up, Taylor? Um, stay tuned to see where I end up. It's yeah. Good. All I'm right. Limbo right now, but I've obviously posted on my social when I figure out where exactly I'm going. Yep. And co- <laughs> uh, the co- the cocktail bandit. Correct. Boom, boom. So there you go. Follow follow Taylor. Find out what he's doing. And any new co- concept cocktails that he's doing, you might be able to jump in and give some uh, some inspiration for his cocktail adventures uh, moving forward. So that's yeah. going to be really fun. All right, guys. Well, uh, this has been a fantastic fun interview and podcast recording and let's go out on this except i think adele's totally frozen right now adele Adele, come back to us come back oh my gosh oh Oh, she's oh there she is she's back we're still in covid time so we're still zooming our podcast so uh there there are are those technical difficulties but just like before no matter zoom or not we will go out on this podcast with a cheers so guys Cheers! Talk to you. Talk to you. Talk to you.